I'd like to pivot now to talking about some of the nuts and bolts of technology, because you're a real expert in that. And I think that'll be of help and interest to my audience um, and to me personally. <laughs> uh, it also, it's a fascinating world in which we live. My audience is hearing our voices right now through a technology that's been developed uh, 15 years ago, but really today, and it's really come into its own in the last five years, ever since the iPhone started automatic airless, uh, sorry, wireless downloading of podcasts. That's where this world has come into, uh, into being. And I know you're not, you don't identify, you don't listen to a lot of podcasts. You don't read a lot of blogs, but there's a huge community out there who does, yeah. who's interested in, in, in your knowledge. So yep. let's start with techie for hire. What is techie for hire? Well, um, I, uh, as I often say to people, um, if, if you don't absolutely need it, I probably specialize in it. In other words, uh, I, I really do the kinds of things that, um, uh, a lot of the luxury items I do, um, you know, everything from uh, satellite dish, rooftop satellite dish installations. I do a fair number of television retrofits, like mm -hmm. you can see here, uh, ho home theater style sound systems in RVs. I do, uh, solar installations. I do inverters, batteries, um, a lot of it's, uh, you know, the, the solar has been quite big in the last few years. Uh, there's been, I, I can't even remember how many years it's been going on now, but there's been a 30% tax credit on not only solar panels, but everything related to their installation, mm -hmm. the wiring, the solar charge controller, batteries, the labor, everything like that, you get 30% back on your, on your taxes. So that's uh, the last, probably the last three three or four years I've been doing, you know, a uh, fair, fair number of solar installations. Internet access. Internet access. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, and that, that ranges from, I do uh, directional Wi-Fi antennas for, for the, for people that are at parks that have Wi-Fi, which tend to be mostly the private parks, but I've got good uh, directional antenna solutions for them that make, make a huge difference. And basically my philosophy is that with an RV, that uh, when it comes to connectivity that, you know, you set up your own local area network in the RV and then you make just one connection to the outside right. world right. as opposed to, you know, some people come into parks and they've got four five, six devices and they're connecting each one individually to the campground. Mm -hmm. My approach tends to be to connect to your own internal router that puts you behind a firewall and gives you all the, you know, kind of nifty things that you can do when your devices can talk to each other. So, I mean, something as simple as, uh, as wireless printing, mm -hmm. you know, can really only reasonably be accomplished when, when your, your device that you want to print from and the printer itself are both connected to the same router. Right. Typically campgrounds block that kind of thing, um, uh, doing client isolation. So you can't connect your printer and your, your laptop to the campground router and expect to be able to get your print job through. So... Anyway, I mean, it's so a lot of it's luxury items, but then again, you could also say, well, for people who like this kind of camping, right. some of the stuff is relatively, you know, I mean, if, or, if for, you, or for people like me who, who I wondered early, earlier in the interview, I was talking to you about any changes. And one of the, the thoughts that I, and I don't know whether this is an exposure bias in the world that I am exposed to, I see a lot more younger people, a lot of people who's who the nature of their work allows them to do things like this, mm -hmm. um, 
I'll see a lot of younger families who are pursuing things that previously they wouldn't have done. Now, it could be just exposure bias, the world that I pay attention to mm-hmm. versus what actually is. But I could, I can't go on the road without some form of connectivity. And that can range from uh, with my job. Thankfully, I can, uh, as long as I touch data once a week or so, I can do things reasonably well. Some people don't need that. They need Monday through Friday, nine to five East Coast time. They need to be available on chat uh, with their office. And so they really need that. Mm-hmm. But it's very doable in today's world to adjust your level of connectivity so you can be very present even though you are traveling. And that's what you really specialize in, which is really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and again, that's that's gotten so much better since even since we started RVing. Um, I mean, in in uh, uh, we bought this rig in uh, 2010, and um, you know, at that point in time, I mean, cellular internet connectivity was just you know just happening to the the point where you could think about using it for you know for something significant. Uh, but still, I mean, you know, we're talking about, I mean, I, originally I was setting up people with three, you know, 3G types of connections, which were okay for, you know, for, for the kinds of things people wanted to do at that point in right. time. Obviously, the the kind of uh, interesting thing that's gone on with uh, with the Internet and with with the, our ability to connect to it is the requirements of the Internet have gotten so much bigger right. over the years. Um, I, it seems like every year I get calls from people who, you know, they're kind of accessing the same websites and doing the same things that they were doing the previous year and can't understand why they're using more data. Right. And it's like, well, that's because <laughs> you went from 360 on your 360, uh, 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 pixel. Anyway, you went from low def to, to high def on your, on your, uh, on your view videos you're viewing and that makes a big difference in exactly. terms of the bandwidth use. Exactly. Yeah. The photo the photos that they're seeing on those websites, right. the images are all right. higher resolution. Um yeah, if they're doing anything with video, uh it just, you know, I mean everything that's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um with uh, you know, you access one individual web page, you feel like you're that's all you're accessing, but there might be, you know, there might be a dozen uh servers behind that that are that are all providing data to right. that uh, feeding data to that web page. So, so let's begin. Let, let's focus on the technology that would be helpful for somebody who's seeking to go on the road in some format and still be able to work. So they need access to communications and some data connection for their virtual work. Um, what's the low-hanging fruit? Where do you start in terms of making sure that you can establish and maintain a connection? Yeah, I you know I think that you probably have to. I mean, I, I just went through this exercise with somebody that I was setting up. Um, we were over by uh, Great Sand Dunes National Park in uh, southern Colorado, and uh, you know they they just knew they needed to improve uh, their their ability to use their um, their devices, but they didn't really know how to go about doing it or, or what would be the best approach, and. Um, you know, with them, I really needed to start by talking about uh, voice versus data and what was what was important to them, because there are a lot of really good ways to improve your data connectivity that will do absolutely nothing for your voice connectivity. Okay. Uh, so, and and a lot of the a lot of the best installations that I've done and and most effective have probably been. Have probably been data oriented uh, because there aren't quite as many things you can do 
to improve your voice your voice connection. I mean, you can use a, you can use a, an amplifier uh, like the WeBoost uh, Drive 4GX and Drive 4GM are good recent examples of of devices that have an inside antenna, an amplifier, and an outside antenna that allow you. I mean, they will help both with voice and data, but they're not definitely not the ultimate solution for data. Uh, so they're they're probably about the best thing going for voice. Um, but, uh, uh, but with, you know, if, if you have a really good, I'm going to have to go take care of that here. Go ahead. Do you need, okay. Go ahead. Do you want to pause for just yeah, a Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> we got the wind kicking up and we need to go put the awning in. <laughs> I put mine in this morning because uh, I was concerned oh, about yeah. it and it's not nearly as strong. Did it break it? Did it flip up or? It did. It flipped up, but it's, it, it should be okay. It's not broken. Okay. It's, good. <laughs> good. It's a. It's a, it's a known issue when okay. it's windy. You have a beautiful rig here. Oh, this is thanks. it's hard. I mean, have you redone anything? Is this yes, redone a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we took down about four walls of mirrors. Okay. Uh, which which. I guess were great sales tactics back right. in the right. in the late nineties to make it look bigger, but right. they drove us crazy. So right. so we took down a lot of mirrors. We redid the upholstery. Um, yeah. So. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed Beautiful. to dust to thirty today. Wow. Step over the tap here for a second. I'm glad I took mine down when I did. Um, you use these screens, and just whenever you stop, you put these screens up, and that helps with solar shade as well as. It does. It's privacy? Yes. And did you have them custom installed, installed the, the little snaps and then yeah. custom made? So if yes. you ever run into Todd and Renee Seely, okay. you should definitely interview them because they uh, they make these. Okay. Because it's right. their business? Yeah. yeah. Okay, they're on-the-road business? Yes. Yep. What other types of on-the-road businesses have you seen? Like, uh, Well, we have some good friends that have uh, that run a website. They, have, they actually each have their own business. Mm-hmm. One of them has a website called gopetfriendly.com, and her whole thing is, you know, trying to communicate with people about the best ways to, to travel with pets, where to go, places mm-hmm. that are that are friendly towards uh, having dogs on the trails and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, he's got a, um, uh, a valuation. He's a, an accountant, and he does business valuations right. and... A few different types of coaching, I guess, that is yeah. probably the way that I would describe they it. Need, they need constant internet right. connectivity. Yeah. And I've done, I've, I've upgraded. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's another interesting thing about when it comes to internet connectivity. Mm-hmm. Last year's best solution is not this year's right. best solution. Right. And you can, you can typically go, you know, you can, you can skip. It's not like you have to upgrade every single year. Mm-hmm. But generally when you're on the road, I mean... If you haven't changed the way that you connect to the internet in a right. couple of years, it's probably time to at least be looking at it. And uh, I mean, I mean, I I upgrade our system basically every year in some form or fashion, um, just so that I'm on top of what the, you know, the best and latest ways to connect are, um, and and to get the best performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this uh, you know this this whole thing with 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 LTE advanced, which a lot of people don't even know about. I mean, it's been sort of a soft transition. I hear more people talk about 5G than they do about, about LTE advanced, but yet LTE advanced is, uh, 
which has um, carrier aggregation. So you've got multiple connections to the cell tower uh, simultaneously, and also the ability to support um, uh, MIMO antennas, just like you see on a router where it used to be you'd get a router and you'd have one antenna on it, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you see them in, you know, three is common and you see them with five and seven. And each one of those antennas is able to do, you know, one can be sending and the other can be receiving and one could be operating at one frequency and the other at a different frequency and, um, and just, you know, doing more work in, in less time. And the same thing is going on with, uh, with cellular connectivity. So, I mean, I've, I mean, I, I can't believe the, some of the numbers that I've been seeing, uh, in the last few years. Personally, I've, you know, I've, I've topped out at about, uh, just short of a hundred megabits per second is the fastest that I've seen, but I have the equipment now, uh, with, with what's called a category 12 data modem. And, um, I'm in touch with people on some of the forums that I'm active on that are able to, to get, uh, in the neighborhood of 200 megabits per second. Over a cellular uh, data uh, connection. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I know. So let me just simplify. I want we, we threw out a whole bunch of jargon there. So let me just simplify <laughs> yeah, okay. real quick. So thank you. First, when you make a distinction between voice and data, specifically yep. what you're talking about is the ability to speak over a cellular connection, right. which is using, in essence, the old phone systems. It's still piggybacked on, on the old phone systems. It just goes through the cellular uh, connection. Mm-hmm. So that's a voice connection. Right. And there are certain things that you can do to improve your ability to do that. So if speaking on a voice connection is important, probably the best solution there is some form of a cell phone amplifier. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And a cell phone amplifier, from my understanding, is a device that takes, uh, usually has two antennas. It takes an external antenna that you put outside of your home, outside of your office, outside of your vehicle, wherever you are, uses some kind of antenna that is a an antenna that's optimized for more gain in the cellular bandwidth, mm-hmm. uh, which then it takes that antenna, passes the signal through an amplifier, amplifies it to a small internal antenna, and then that small antenna internal antenna produces a signal that your actual cellular device will read, will listen to, will, will, will communicate with, and it will use that signal. So as long as you have some form of cellular connection, some weak, at least a weak cellular connection that's being served by the Verizon towers, the AT&T towers, etc., the Sprint towers, then that amplifier will take it and amplify it. And you can speak on your phone using the actual built-in cellular connection uh, more reliably. And the best solution there is a cell phone amplifier. Right. Good. Okay. And, and also in that, I should, I should probably just, just add on one thing to that. And that's that your phone needs to be very close to that inside amplifier. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because, uh, and this is a problem unique to RVs. You just don't have the ability to get the ideal separation between the inside and the outside amplifier. And, um, uh, I think you can use the analogy of a microphone and a speaker mm-hmm. where you can actually create feedback. Right. And so the inside and outside if the antennas, if they're too close and the inside antenna is too powerful, then you can just end up with, with a loop, with right. oscillation. So as a result, they, they make the inside uh, antenna a very short-range device to try to avoid re-amplifying the signal from your outside antenna and creating that right. uh, loop. So the best solution there is use some sort of wireless uh, 
Bluetooth connection right. to your phone and then place the phone near the in- indoor amplifier right. and use that to speak on it. And hey, yeah. it, I mean, the very most rudimentary, um, if you're ever in an emergency, take your phone, put a strip of duct tape on a, on a pole, <laughs> stick it up in the air and <laughs> use a Bluetooth to speak to it. You can get, I, I've, I've tested it. You can get some gain, a little bit of gain and signal that way. Interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it does make a difference if, if you have to. Yeah. Now on the data side, mm-hmm. um, and data can be used for voice connections. So for example, I try to almost exclusively use some sort of data application for voice communication. And many of us do, whether that's Facebook audio, um, uh, FaceTime, Apple's FaceTime uh, audio or FaceTime video, whether that's uh, something like Skype or many yep. other applications, an encrypted app like Signal or Wire, yep. those all work over the data network. Exactly. So many times, like I actually, I don't really care about the phone connection. All I really care about is data because I don't use the phone connection. I just use the data connection. So now when data connection you're saying there's a whole range of other things that's available. Right. And you you threw out a bunch of jargon. Uh, you said, yes, cell phone amplifiers can help a little bit. But really what you want to look at is going to multiple, uh, what was the word you used? Uh, MIMO. MIMO. What, what does that mean? Multiple in, multiple out. Okay. So the ability to have mul- uh, several antennas right. in an array either omnidirectional right. or directional. And with what you said, LTE advanced, that's a communications protocol that allows you to use a router or a switch of some kind with multiple antennas. And it can actually draw the signal from different carriers using the LTE protocol. And by aggregating those signals from different carriers, it's basically in my layman's understanding, splitting up the data packets and spent sending little bits of data packets over different networks, which allows you to maximize your speed. Is that, is yeah, that accurate? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're the, um, I think from an engineering standpoint, there's, there are a lot of efforts going on to figure out how to get the most out of our existing LTE network. And so these are some of the developments that have happened to say, okay, well, we're still using the the same LTE technology, but now we're able to have two streams going to the cell tower at the same time instead of just one. And it provide it's amazing. I mean, um, I'm not really sure of the technical reasons for this, but but my experience has been that it's that it's typically a fourfold increase in performance. So if you have you know, say you've got, uh, you know, 10 megabits per second on the download with, uh, without carrier aggregation, you know, with just a, a modem with a single antenna, mm-hmm. you go to a MIMO setup with carrier aggregation and suddenly that same location, everything else the same, you could be seeing 40 megabits. So if I wanted to set up on my own rig, my own MIMO setup, where do I start? What brand names do I look at? How do I figure that out? Yeah, it's. Um, it, I, I wish it was a little bit uh, uh, easier to put these systems together. I mean, if I it suppose were, you wouldn't make as much money as you do. <laughs> yeah, so right. I'm glad for your sake. Yeah, it's still a little bit yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. So so um, anyway, it's kind of interesting because the 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 cell phone industry in in a lot of ways maybe is going in in a little bit different direction. I mean, cell phones themselves have actually gotten quite a bit better in the last few years. I mean, it's not unusual for uh, for a high-end cell phone now to not only have carrier aggregation, but have something called 4x4 MIMO, which means that uh, you've actually got four antennas built into a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're thinking of the size of a cell phone, right. what difference could that possibly make? But it, it does make a huge difference. So having a you know having the kind of the best possible phone that you technology available is is helpful. But anyway, back to your question about as far as data, um, 
the uh, for a long time, the USB modems were and there's there are uh, there's a company called Cradle Point and another one called uh, Pepwave that make um, uh, routers that are specifically designed with USB ports that are designed for cellular USB modems. Unfortunately, the between people with phones and and uh, the ability to hotspot their phones and also with these little MiFi devices mm-hmm. that uh, that are just easy for the stores to deal with and sell and explain. Mm-hmm. USB modems have been kind of fading away a little bit, but the good news is that there are still some some um, standalone modem devices. Uh, Sierra Wireless is a company that makes that makes some really good ones. And they're they're targeted more at the Internet of Things world where, you know, with the idea that you could uh, say like have an, you know, an ATM manufacturer could just have a place Mm -hmm. where they can plug in a a modem. Mm -hmm. And then that 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 ATM machine can talk, you know, over their encrypted network to uh, and and, uh, you know, back to the bank or, or whatever, whatever clearinghouse is being used. But anyway, those same modems. Which have you know, which have gone from sort of category three, category four modems, now to um, uh, category twelve technologies online. Category sixteen is coming, and those little card style modems can be put in a USB enclosure. Okay, and then that USB enclosure can be connected to a router device. And I've been also moving away from the kind of mainstream manufacturers like Cradle Point. And I've been, uh, the last half dozen installations that I've done have all been uh, where I've put the solution together with individual pieces using um, using a really inexpensive project computer called a Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. that can actually be turned into a router. Combining a Raspberry Pi with one of these uh, uh, card style modems, connecting the two of them together, and then connecting the modem to uh, to two antennas, external antennas. And the performance has been unbelievable uh, compared to, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a, a significant jump, you know, mm-hmm. from, from what I was doing to, to what I've got going on now with those setups. And also the, the other great thing with this open source uh, router software that I'm using, you really get great visibility to, to what's going on with the modem. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's much more transparent as opposed to, the industry trend, which is towards sort of opaqueness with, mm-hmm. you know, the real kind of nuts and bolts. So for people who don't care about that stuff, they don't have to, you know, they don't really have to pay attention to it. But for people who do want to know, well, geez, what, you know, what is my real signal strength right now? Uh, what, you know, what are my, uh, in the, in the 3G era, it was something called RSSI in the, in the LTE era, it's called RSCP, but it's just a, a measurement of the quality of your signal. Um, you can get real numbers off of, you know, off of this kind of setup. You can tell what band you're connected to. You can actually see when, when you've got two bands that are aggregating together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of configurability. So it just, it allows everything from sort of the just person who wants a good setup that's going to work well for them to sort of the power user that really wants information to, uh, to be able to, you know, get what they're looking for out of a setup like that. So you're the power user, and with your setup, which is admittedly advanced, right. and admittedly 
you're you're a geek, you're dealing with this, you're on the cutting edge. So with your setup, however, given that you spend a lot of time in rural areas, if you had a job that was nine to five that required you to be accessible uh, with reasonable speeds, chat, little bit of video conferencing, you know, multiple times per week, is the current setup in the United States sufficient that you could do that and work full time on a nine to five schedule with the type of advanced setup that you do? <laughs> Susan's shaking her head. No. And, okay. and she's right in that you can't do it everywhere. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, there still are places in the, I mean, this is, this thankfully, is which I'm really glad there are places <laughs> yeah. like that. Cause yeah. I don't this want one of them. Yeah. I don't this want everywhere to be on the grid. I really yeah. don't. I yeah. want to be off the grid myself. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there still are there still are uh, lots of places in the country where, you know, you're, you're absolutely challenged to get a, a decent cellular signal. It's been it's pretty rare these days when we have no cellular whatsoever. Um, once in a while it happens. But but uh, generally we've got at least, you know, the kind of can do the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, we can uh, we can send and receive uh text messages we can check our email we can you know we can order something if we need to we can look at the news that kind of stuff um but that next level which i think you know if if you're if you're a remote worker you know typically you need you you need more than that right um maybe not every day but i mean you you certainly need it like even i mean you were saying you needed what every five days or something you've got to have a decent connection so but the the situation has changed dramatically in terms of I mean we just came from from a place um, above Steamboat Springs at about uh, ninety five hundred feet I was talking about that earlier called Rabbit Ears Pass and the, there was a review on there from I don't know last year maybe where the guy was saying that uh, you know there's a whiff of Verizon and that's about it uh, we were getting ten megabits on on Verizon. Right. So with 10 megabits, I mean, you know, we were streaming. You can do we everything. Were, yeah. You can do everything. We did Team Viewer. You can, I mean, there's there's no, you know, anything above about three megabits, three, four megabits, you're really up into the territory where you, you most anything right. you can do. Right. Um, so I'd say I'm amazed at how many places are like that where you can do that right. in, in pretty remote places. Um, when we were in... Uh, uh, Breckenridge, which was kind of just before Rabbit Ears Pass. I mean, that's, you know, it's a small kind of vacation skiing community. And I mean, we had, we had performance as good as, as I see in, you know, when we're close to any big city, right. I mean, just absolutely top, you know, LTE type performance. So the, the, um, you don't have to limit yourself much. I mean, the, the couple that I was talking about earlier that have the, uh, the go pet friendly website and, do the valuation business. I mean, they, they need a good connection pretty much every day. And, um, and, and they, for, for quite a few years, they were, you know, they would stay really focused on the areas that, uh, that where they knew they would have really good connectivity. But, uh, but I know with the installations that I've done for them, um, three, four years ago. And, and again, this last year, I mean, they've, they're now able to expand out into places that they wouldn't have considered before right, right. Uh, because they, they, they know they can get the connectivity they need. If somebody were going to hire someone like you for just a, a good setup mm-hmm. uh, and then fund it with the appropriate lines that you would recommend, how much does it cost to install some good current gear and how much does it cost per month? Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, the I mean, I, so I charge sixty five dollars an hour, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know something like the setup. A uh, couple of the recent setups I've done, I I suppose between the hardware and um, and the labor, um, yeah, they tend to run up around seven hundred dollars, maybe something like that, mm-hmm. seven eight hundred dollars. You know, for for mm-hmm. me to do all the work and for me to show them how to mm-hmm. use it, that kind of thing. Um, and probably half of that is labor and half. So about a thousand dollars. Somebody has a budget of a thousand dollars. They can oh, get yeah. a good, strong setup. Yeah. Absolutely. And then how much does it cost with the plans, multiple SIM cards, et cetera? Sure. How much does it cost on a month to maintain a good connection? Yeah. Well, the you, you kind of have to jump on the good the good uh, data plan options when they're out there, and they 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 tend to come and go. Um, the uh, I. Uh, we used to only have Verizon, but in the last couple of years, we've expanded now to where I have SIM cards from Verizon, AT&T and uh, Sprint. And um, we just, you know, we've been able to get good deals along the way, but we just, we just redid our Verizon plan as an example. And um, we put, uh, we put one, one of our phones on the, uh, what Verizon now is calling their above unlimited plan. Which, which is, you know, there was unlimited and then they went to beyond unlimited and now they have above unlimited and all three of those exist simultaneously (laughs) above is their top connection. But, but, um, but the above unlimited plan, uh, gives you 70, it gives you, it's unlimited data, but up to 75 gigabytes a month, um, before there would be the possibility of being deprioritized. And it gives you 20 gigabytes of hotspot data. And then that, that's a, that's basically your, when you get to that 20 gigabytes, they drop you down to pretty much of an unusable Mm -hmm. level. But the nice thing is, is that you can add additional for 20 bucks um, per device. You can add additional devices to that. And each one of them gives you another 15 gigabytes a month. So you can, you can pretty much go from there. We just signed up for a, $160 $160 a month plan, which is the most we've ever paid for, for cellular, but I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with it. I mean, right. we've got, you know, we, so we've got that, we've got that phone plan and we've got three additional data device, um, each, you know, each of them able to do another 15 gigabytes a month. So you're looking at uh, 15 plus 45 plus is so 65 gigabytes a month for $160. Right. Right. Um, and each, you know, each device can be on a different, at a different level. You don't have to, not all of them have to be on above unlimited. You can have one phone if you have multiple phones. So anyway, I mean, I think, I I think that, uh, and it's not a contract either, which is great. Right. And the point is that with that plan, you're using that as functionally your TV service. I, I would assume you have just a high definition broadcast signal, but you also are using the data for internet streaming TV entertainment, Netflix, that type of thing. Right. That's also your work. So you're using it for all of your work, internet connection, and then also right. just your normal personal browsing of the internet and your personal connectivity. So if you were to take $165 a month, if that's sufficient, plus the gear, and you were to compare that to many people's monthly budgets, that's in line, even living on the road, that's in line and perhaps less than many people and their monthly budgets for all those services, for home internet, for home TV, for home right, for right. cellular service. Yeah. And, and at the same time, not being particularly limited. Right. You right. know, having, having an, you know, equivalent type of service. Right. I mean, that's, that, that I think is a huge change right. from, 
from when we started RVing. I mean, there was a clear difference between what you could do in right. a residence and what you right. could do in an RV. And I think those lines have really blurred. That's exciting. Yeah. So uh, where do you winter? And if somebody wants to hire you, how do they get a hold of you? Okay. Uh, where to, to, for you to work on their rig. Because certainly having seen your setup, all firm, you know, Scott's designing his own equipment. He's designing his own enclosures. He's putting stuff together in a really powerful way. And there's not a chance in the world that I could create something that is just simply as well done and is going to last as, as long as what you're doing. And for somebody who needs it, definitely they should be hiring somebody like you just to install it and consider it a, a cost of getting on the road because sure. for many people if they have that reliable connection it can make a difference you know last week i had some important calls and i had a plan you know i went down from where we are to the city that's 45 minutes away to get a reliable connection but i found a what i thought was a reliable wi-fi connection and it was in the beginning but then as more and more people started using it then my signal degraded and i didn't have a plan and i need to have yes i only needed about once a week but once a week i need to have a reliable connection sure. and that is a make or break it thing for me it makes yep. a difference between my being able to do what i do yep. uh, and so for many people this is a used to be maybe bill pay was an issue today many people this is the sticking point can i work from the road and to, to do that they need the connection yeah. yeah so yeah. how do they get a hold of you and and, and sure yeah. yeah so um uh so for five months of the year we're in in and around fountain hills arizona which is uh Kind of an extension of Scottsdale. Okay. Um, it, and uh, we're in one of two parks. Um, the We're in a private park for, for some of that time called Eagle View RV Resort. And the other park um, that's on the other side of Fountain Hills, they're only about 15, 20 minutes apart, uh, is called McDowell Mountain Regional Park. And that's, uh, that's a Maricopa County park. So they, they have... They have very different feels. The uh, Eagle View, one of the reasons we kind of got going there and stayed there, um, we used to spend the entire five months there because we actually, they've got a couple dozen sites there that have hardwire internet. Okay. And, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, that was magic. Absolutely. Um, we could, you know, we could really do a lot with that. And, and when I was, you know, I was doing work for people with their laptops and that kind of, it wasn't unusual for me to have to do a, you know, one gigabyte download just to update somebody's laptop. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was great for that. But anyway, now with, uh, you know, with what we've just been talking about with the fact that the cellular is so good, it doesn't really matter to me. As a matter of fact, last winter, I didn't even sign up for the campgrounds um, uh, hardwire internet. I just use Sprint um, and uh, it's the least expensive plan that I have. And, uh, you know, I would get, uh, 80 megabits off a of sprint at, at either, at either of those two campgrounds, wow. um, with, you know, relatively, uh, unlimited usage. So, yeah. And then as far as getting in touch with me, the best way is probably, uh, my email address, which is techie for hire at live.com. So that's T E C H I E the number four and then H I R E at live.com. And, um, yeah, for those five months, I mean, I'm I, I'm working uh, most of the week, and then the other seven months, I mean, I do projects for people in campgrounds. So, um, if somebody wants to try to rendezvous with me at a place like this, I mean, it's usually the the biggest challenge is just getting a hold of the right. stuff we have to order and right. where to. You know, Get I'd say shipped. I'd say that's one thing that hasn't uh, that probably hasn't improved yep. that much with. Uh, <laughs> 
with this kind of, of lifestyle is it's still difficult to, you know, actually physically get a package. Yep. But, um, but, you know, you, you figure it out. I mean, there's, there, there are ways. And, uh, we just, when we were in, uh, Breckenridge, I mean, now that Amazon owns Whole Foods, they've started putting in uh, lockers yep. at the Whole Foods locations. And so we were using that. As a matter of fact, the only limitation there was the fact the lockers were full. Uh, every other time we tried to use them, we'd have to wait a day for people to pick up their stuff at uh, at the Amazon locker. But um, anyway, so that's 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 the only thing about uh, uh, about uh, doing projects in the summer is is just you know I mean I keep I keep the small stuff on hand. I've got about uh, a little less than about three quarters of a ton worth of tools and parts in my in my uh, lower bays that you saw down there. And uh, I keep all the, you know, the small stuff that you need to, to do a project. But, but when it comes to putting in something like, you know, like a solar system, I mm -hmm. mean, obviously there are big panels and, right. and uh, that kind of thing that have to show up. But I just, I did a, an installation for somebody at, on the Mogollon Rim in Arizona at a Forest Service campground. They just ordered everything. They were at a private campground. They ordered everything. It all got delivered. They threw it in their car. Drove up to uh, the Mogollon Rim at 9,000 feet, and and I did the whole installation right there. That's great. Closing words of advice. If you were speaking to your younger selves, somebody listening to this who's working in Chicago in a corporate job and has said, wow, you know, it's so interesting. What what closing thoughts would you give uh, to such a listener? Start with you, Susan. What you, yeah, what do you think, Susan? I would say that... Um, you you should try it. You won't have any regrets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even with the fear of not knowing what's the worst that could happen, it's not all that bad, right? Exactly. You can always go back to work. Exactly. Start a new business. Right. And we didn't talk in part one when we talked about RV finances. I'll tell you this. The thing that I have been so interested in with RV finances as a financial planner a mobile lifestyle, whether it's sailboats or especially RVs, because sailboats, as you discussed, have a lot of costs. But a lot of those costs also are associated with moving. If you just had a sailboat and you anchored up in a harbor that was reasonable, you can you don't need new charts every year. You can diminish a lot of those things. You right. can scrub the bottom yourself. You know, you can you can lower a lot of those expenses. But especially in RVing, one of the amazing things about the RV lifestyle is you can adjust your expenses as necessary. I've talked and read about and, and talked with people who are living on very low budgets, $1,000 a month total, and they just simply have the opportunity to adjust their lifestyle. So most people don't have the ability to eliminate their rent payments when they need to. But people who are living on very low budgets, if they have a big expensive repair, they spend a month out on BLM land. They don't drive. They don't use fuel. They just spend a month out there and their costs are very low. And then when they save up their money, they get their next social security check. Then they go ahead and they fill their tank and they move on, etc. Now, obviously, that's not the budgets that 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 either you or I are living on, but that is something unique to RVing. So yeah. if you try something like that and it doesn't work out, you can always transition back in. I'd say a lot easier than a lot of people could do. You can pivot. You can pivot very quickly. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Scott, your closing words. I, 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 I took over the, <laughs> the thing, but what, what closing words would you have? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say much the same thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, uh, you don't, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, a huge plan. And I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't over process on it either. I mean, I think that, uh, uh, we've, when, when I, when I look back at our kind of our younger selves, you know, we were constantly, we'd go on a, we'd go on a one week vacation to a place like this and we'd pack everything in the car that, you know, we could possibly ever, you know, the rollerblades, the, the bikes, the, you know, golf clubs, golf clubs. you know, we were going to do all this stuff. Plus we were going to catch up on reading and, you know, whatever else that, that we, anything that we hadn't been able to do because we were working. And I, I think that, that, uh, you know, it's just amazing when you, when you kind of just, just pull it back a little bit and, and, uh, you know, just go slowly. I mean, we, uh, man, we, we never drive more than about five fifty or a or hundred miles a day. Um, we were spending the entire summer in Colorado, you know, there's no reason to, we don't have to see the entire U S and, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in a six month period or something like that. So anyway, I would say just give, give yourself a chance, go out, give it a try and uh, you know, let the lifestyle, let the lifestyle kind of come to you, you know, cause it, it, uh, it you know, it's amazing how, how transformative I think it can be and, and how much things that maybe you, you thought you needed or were really important just wash away, just disappear. Yeah. Well, techie for hire at live.com. If you'd like to get in touch with Scott, Scott, thank you for coming on the interview. I did twist your arm just a little <laughs> tiny bit. Um, Scott wasn't looking for publicity. He wasn't necessarily out doing this. He didn't send me an email like so many people do wanting to get on the show. He is not really involved in reading about this stuff. He's just involved in doing it. So thank you for coming on techie for hire at live.com. Scott and Susan. Thank you both. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening. You've honored me with your time and attention, and I'm grateful for that. And I hope that I've effectively served you today with some ideas and strategies and tactics and techniques and tools that will help move you towards your goals. Before you go, three simple requests. One, if there's an idea that's been helpful to you in today's show, make a plan to take action on it. Listening does lead to learning. But learning in and of itself doesn't automatically lead to a life change. It's action that leads to a life change. So take action. Two, take something that was helpful to you in today's show and share it with somebody that you care about. I'm depending on you to be a co-laborer with me in helping me to propagate the message that I'm seeking to share. That helps the person that you are engaging with. And it also helps you because teaching others is one of the most effective ways for you to learn and for you to cement your learning. Three, if there's an idea that's been specifically helpful to you, and if you're gaining financial benefit from radical personal finance, I'd be grateful if you'd consider paying me for this work voluntarily. Come by RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron, and you can sign up there to support the show at whatever level you feel is right for you. This is a voluntary support. That's my Patreon page. You can support me with a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, any number that seems right to you. But if you're gaining financial benefit from this show, and if it's achieving financial results in your life, I'd be grateful for your financial support at RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron.